Hey everyone, uh, welcome to The Start. This is Patrick Johnson. Uh, this episode we're with Dan Denny. He is a front-end de- developer at Envy Labs, and he also runs front-end conf. having me yeah man thanks for joining us everything's good over here on my end um go broncos i'll say i guess for today <laughs> yeah i'm um, right there with you good good i want really want to see Peyton Manning do something good this year um so dan aside from where you're at currently why don't you give us the basic details who you are what you do where you live maybe how much bacon you you eat <laughs> uh bacon a lot um as much as i can and i prefer it chocolate covered if possible fair um, so I'm actually living in um, a little truck stop town called Sefner, Florida, right now, um, and that's Wait, like what is it called? Uh, Sefner. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. Sefner. Okay, so yeah, it's in between Tampa and Orlando, which uh, works out for both my personal stuff and then my uh, my job with Envy Labs in, in Orlando. Sure. Um, and what are you doing at Envy Labs? I know you're a front end developer, but in terms of projects, clients. Yeah, the bulk of my time is spent on code school. Um, which I really, really love because we basically get to build things that then teach other people how to build things, which is a really rewarding thing to me. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. I actually use Code School quite a lot. Um, My JavaScript is decent. I'm trying to get a lot better. And I've used Linda, Code School, Treehouse. Um, I'm actively reading the definitive guide to JavaScript, which let me tell you is riveting. Um, And Code School probably has to be one of the best sources out resources out there, at least in terms of like an interactive environment that actually teaches you how to code through coding. Um, I like it a lot. I'm trying to get my coworkers who are designers and know nothing about code to use it to beef up. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, like uh, I like that that you brought up that point though because like a lot of people will put little, like tweet out like should I use this or this or this and like I always answer like yes <laughs> because like you <laughs> like you should be doing them all you should you know you should be hitting every one of them and figuring out what way that you learn the best or you know how you learn specific technology the best cuz you know there's certain books like that one that probably would drive things home for you much better than like even an interactive experience oh, you know it, it's interesting and I when I was in college I used to tutor high school kids in geometry Geometry, lucky enough, is is a, is it's a subject in math that you don't need to know math for. You just need to use the logic and reason. You need to know that an angle bisector bisects an angle um, in the middle. So if it's a right angle, then you know each um, angle that's then been split is 45 degrees, right? It's all logic. And the way that I used to teach the kids was you should know every detail. You should know the how and the why and the what and the where. Um, and when they learn that kind of stuff, it really hit home. And what I'm realizing is... You know, I can use code school and hypothetically if I want to do like the the trial run of the jQuery class and learn about um, how, how to write functions and that kind of stuff, that's all fine and dandy. Um, but in my own practice, if I run into an error, reading the definitive guide explains to me why I'm getting a particular error. 
knowing that you can't pass an object to another object because it's a Tuesday and it's going to throw you a type error um, versus a syntax error really helps you figure out what the heck is going on. Um, I have a lot of friends who are like, oh, just do it and figure it out. But oftentimes when you're learning, in my opinion, if you're starting from zero, you don't know what you don't know. So it's really, really hard to find a beginning. But I think mixing those few makes it a little bit bearable, um, easier, and at least in my opinion, I, I like reading the, the definitive guide because I figure out how arrays work, how objects work, um, you know, how you can mess with the object prototype chain and, and like all the crazy nerdy stuff. But it's fun. It's really, yeah. really fun. That's how um, you delve, delve deep into actually l- or l- really understanding a topic instead of just being able to work in it. Yeah, and that's definitely something that I, you know, it's one thing and I'm, I know these are pretty easy um, and beginner level things but it's like it's one thing to be able to write uh, a jQuery like image slider it's another thing to understand what's going on and how it's working I think all of those really worked well for me Um, how do those things work anyways I don't you know (laughs) I'm just kidding yeah right I try to tell my company never to do there was that website it was like um, should you use uh, image slider gallery sliders or whatever and the website just was like the big letter or word no it's hilarious yeah just stop it. Yeah, right. So Dan, how <laughs> how um how long have you been in the industry? Uh about uh 5 years. So about right. 2008 was when I really like considered like my first job, so I consider that like getting into the industry. Sure, what were you doing? Um it was a uh, a general web design position. Um the interesting thing is I actually applied for an SEO position. Oh wow. Um so uh my wife and I well my current my now wife and I uh were, were looking to get married in the keys and we wanted to have a big big party. Mm-hmm. And so we were gonna save up for uh, a little over a year to try and make sure that we paid for it. We didn't want to start off in debt. Sure. Um so we both decided to get second jobs and so mine I was just looking at things and I was really interested in, in all this stuff which came from, from a little bit beyond that. But um but uh so I applied for this SEO position and they liked my little portfolio i guess you call it yeah. that i had um you know it was like showing my seo like studies and stuff like that and so they ended up offering me a web design position and so that was um it was with a tip that oh, god i hate to use the word chop shop but it's that very like um all-encompassing shop where you basically uh do a short uh review with a potential client and mm-hmm. then design a home page and then they may get one or two. This place did two comps of a homepage for every single one. And then uh, if that got approved or we would merge them in some way and then we would code it out and then launch it. All static sites. Okay. That is uh, that's pretty interesting. So you said that was your second job though, right? What was your first job? What were you doing? Well, I guess what was the main time thing? Uh, well, that was that was the first job that got me into the industry my uh oh so my main job i'm sorry yeah yeah, yeah, so yeah. I during a, that time when you guys were saving up for that was uh, for the wedding poker room supervisor it, so like uh, on site or online on site so in uh, florida they've had uh, legal poker for uh since about 17 18 years oh, wow. um but but uh, it was really small stakes for a long time it's grown now to where it's like it's pretty much like vegas style poker yeah but uh but so yeah, I was a poker room supervisor by day, and then uh, well, actually by night, and, yeah, uh, yeah. and weekends, and a uh, web designer by day. So then, how how did you uh, educate yourself on all things web, whether it was design or development? Because correct me if I'm wrong, that's not a prerequisite to be a poker room supervisor. 
No. Um, so in 2001, mm-hmm. I went to try and get my A plus and net plus. Okay. So that's like, a, you know, just PC and network and repair. And I had a plan of working my way through like the uh, various Microsoft things and then CCNA being basically like an IT person. Okay. And my first teacher in the class maintained a website and he showed me that. And I was doing really well in the class. So I would sit in the back and I would tinker with HTML. <laughs> of course. And then do the like things that I needed to do for A plus at the time. And I just the HTML just really, really hit with me way more than the actual hardware work did. Sure. So then how long was that was the excuse me, how long were those uh courses? Um so they were about six months or so. Nice. You know, so it was a solid then, six month of tinkering then. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then for it was really like seven years of tinkering, like <laughs> building uh flash sites of my daughter's pictures and various Dude, like awesome. horrible personal sites <laughs> with like frames, real frames, like old school like HTML frames where I would like I would take apart yahoo.com and like rebuild it from oh, like iframes cool, and frame sets and stuff yeah, yeah, just yeah. kind of cuz you could back then you could just figure things out and it was it was really cool. That's you know it's funny because I would argue and say maybe not in terms of the stuff you're building for code school, but maybe for personal stuff. Look at the stuff you did five years ago and then look at the stuff you did three months ago. And you and both of them, in your opinion, aren't as good as what you're doing now, right? Right. It's, right. oh, I'll look at the code I wrote last week and I'm like, oh, I can tell that I wrote this at six o'clock at night, you know, after yeah. a, a long day of work or even 11 o'clock at night if it's a personal project. But that's sort of, I guess, the nature, nature of the industry. So, um, all right. So we're up to this point. You were... Uh, a poker room supervisor, you yeah. got uh, a night shift. Uh, I'm using the term night shift. You weren't really night shift. Um, web design development job at a small chop shop uh, somewhere in Florida. What was that? What was that first project you shipped? Oh, it was a uh, it was a site for a bicycle and kayak rental uh, okay. place. They had just created a business and. They would, uh, you could call them and then arrange for them to drop off a kayak or a bike to some location where you were. So they would deliver it. Okay. And then you just had to make your way back there and they would pick it back up and then take it off. So they would, they would deliver and pick up from the location that you specify. Right, right. And it was very analog. Like, you know, it was, the site was there just to get a phone number to contact them. And then, you know, you worked out the details offline. Um, that's actually, I'm not going to lie, that's pretty cool. And this is in Florida, too, so that stuff's super, super relevant, right? Right, right. Um, I remember by next to USF, one of the USF parks, they had, like, kayak rental and ultimate frisbee fields, and it was super outdoorsy. Um, how'd that site go over in terms of, like, the whole process? I'm sure it was years ago, so you might remember some of it, you might not, but... Any... Uh, um, I mean, I remember it, it was, uh, you know, it was super... It, there was a personal experience that probably made it really great because sure. it was the first time like getting my work approved for someone to get it to get it shipped. Um, but the overall process, I mean, it was we would do this thing and it was like a, a three hour window to mm-hmm. create a homepage. Um, so that was like we had three hours to put up that comp and then um, wait. After so that, that was three hours client facing comp or was that three hours internal? Um, three hours in Photoshop, but then shipped off to the client. Holy cow! Yeah, it was it was high pressure. Yeah, right. Um, 
but you know, so we weren't, we weren't creating like earth shattering work or anything like that. Um, not that I even could have at that point or not that I even really could have now, but, (laughs) but, uh, but yeah, so we, um, we would do that. So that shipped and then, you know, you, you go through the thing of like, you, you get the homepage and then you kind of like plan out content. Because mm-hmm. uh, all this would just come off of a really short interview with the client themselves. Um, so then you would kind of plan out content and then work with what came back once you actually did get the content. But that one didn't take very long, and it, it went up live, and it was it was a site before too long, which was a really cool thing for just getting into the industry. No, of course. Um, that's – I don't know. I think there's something fair to be said about that first project you do. I know um, – when I first got into the industry, I remember – I say got into. When I first got interested in web development, I was taking an HTML and CSS course at NYU, and this was probably in like 2009, 2010. So it wasn't that long ago. And I was sitting there. The homework assignment was to recreate Google's homepage. Um, and a lot of it was more just about positioning kind of stuff. And there's I, I couldn't do something simple. And it was probably like clear and afloat, nothing too crazy. And it was like 11 o'clock at night. And of course, you know, it's due the next day. And then all of a sudden it just worked. And that's I, the best. I, I, I recall that night, not vividly, but I recall it working. And then I just kept going and going and I look up and granted recreating the Google homepage shouldn't take you as long as it took me. But this was like, I was, you know, screwing around, tinkering, basically figuring out how I could make this passable for the next yeah. day. Uh, we but, really wanted to come up with a good solution, something that would set you apart because you're you know, competing in class. And yeah, shit. right. Um, and that class was super interesting for me. But I remember like I didn't go to bed till 4 a.m. because it was like I had a problem. I solved it. And that was that was probably the moment when I was like, this is – I really like this. Whether I do this or not for a career, I always want to do this for myself, right. for others, I, whatever. I feel that so much. Yeah, and it's – I you know I played sports growing up. I was super competitive. I loved winning, all that kind of stuff. And this is that was the first time I've had, you know, the similar kind of drive and interest in something as I did in sports. So that was I, I can only imagine what it was like, you know, launching your first client facing website, even if it was static HTML, potentially Flash, potentially table based. Kidding. Oh um, no! <laughs> yeah, thankfully we weren't doing tables. They, they, we did do support on uh, table-based sites, though. There were some in there for sure. Like, oh wow! Uh, yeah, yeah. Does this company still exist? Yes. Okay. Well, I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm sure that they've probably, hopefully, they've at least migrated into more of a WordPress kind of domain. He's giving me the Not nose. Really? <laughs> um, so, yeah, the, I mean, it, they're working in a small area of Florida, and, you know, they found their niche, and they serve small businesses in the area. And yeah. um, we did try and do some WordPress stuff, and um, they, they may be. They may be doing WordPress more, but uh, but not much. Yeah, well, if it serves your existing audience and your market, and it's a solution that they enjoy and, and it's actually helpful, there's nothing wrong with it. Now, obviously, there's a larger conversation about, like, you know, uh, best practices and development standards and stuff that you know you, we could go into, but to each his own. There's a, you know yeah, that's kind of the way I look at it. I think it was a, a good learning experience, but mm-hmm. I mean I do wish as a whole like everybody was learning from the experience and yeah. like moving you know moving along. But yeah, well, and that's the interesting thing too. Is sometimes you get in those positions, and it's not not necessarily web development where you have someone who's super uh, super rambunctious, they're super outgoing, they've got a lot of gumption. And they want to do what's best. And then you've got the one or two others who've been there too long to care. 
and they're like, let's just ship it. Get it out the door. Do what you got to do. Which, it, it's good for both because you sort of, one is a more of a business experience and the other is more of like a industry work experience. Right. Um, all right. So you were doing static homepages for how long um, at this job? A year and a half or so. Okay. What was the next yeah. step? Um, so I, uh, in working, I was working two jobs, but I was still insatiable as far as like learning web development. So I was listening to podcasts and reading blogs. And so back then, like the real popular stuff were, uh, was Blag World for a podcast. Okay. And, uh, and then Smashing Mag was it as far as like web design <laughs> at the time. Like, okay. um, they're still, you know, huge, but like oh, yeah, they yeah, were yeah. the thing at that, at that time. Um, and so I was insatiable, and so uh, we went through, we got married, we did that part, and I was still there, um, and so we were trying to figure out what else to do, and I really wanted to go to Future Web Design in okay. New York, and uh, so the company obviously had no type of like budget for that type of thing, yeah. um, and so I was just like, I just I just need the day off. If I can just get the day off... <laughs> I'll pay for it, um, just yeah, let me Yeah, I'm just go. going, I just want to go, and so I just need the day off. And actually I needed two days off, because, you know, I got to fly up there and stuff. Um, so I did that and then, um, I came back and I was just blown away. Like future web design in New York city in 2009, just, it just rocked my world. I was like, this is amazing. And that's when I was already kind of sold on the industry, but that's when I decided like, this is it. This is, I need to figure out how I'm going to be a a contributing member of this world. Yeah. So, um, so that kind of like, that kind of led me out of there. You know, it was like yeah. the the thing, but then there were other parts of it that, uh, you know, the there were financial things and and various parts of like the company itself that kind of led my way out over there. But um, but it was really just going to future web design. That thing was amazing. That's sweet. What um, so what was the next stop then in the life of Dan Denny? Um, I ran front end comp. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Um, I came back and I was pumped, and there wasn't anything like that in Florida. And I didn't want to wait another year. Yep. And my wife and I were just, you know, bored living happily ever after now. And we were like, what else can we do? Sure. And so uh, we decided to run for an end. And so that was really just me inviting all the people that I had been learning from in the past year and a half. So if That's they were smart. writing blog posts or, yeah. or, or releasing things, they were all the people that I was really heavily learning from. And I invited them to come out and speak. And um, it was kind of like my way of both giving back to the industry but then also giving back to them a little bit like Mm -hmm. i knew it was gonna be a long time before i was like releasing resources or you know doing anything really valuable to the community so i just wanted to provide a a place for other people to do it no so that that's awesome yeah so that kind of opened so many doors and then after that it was really just uh you know choosing what i wanted to do next the poker room had a need for my skills mm-hmm. um and so i ended up not having to work two full jobs any full-time jobs anymore awesome. and so they paid me as a uh, side thing to do the website and promo graphics for the poker room itself so i would able to, i was able to build them separately for that and then work my job so that was that was really nice dude that's awesome so it was like How- freelancing kind of and but yeah, single. No, that's so cool though. So it's not, your your wife helped you out with front end comp then. Oh yeah, she yeah. I would have never been able to do it without her. <laughs> I pick the speakers and I do the website, and then like she does everything else. That's fair. Um, 
I would argue and say it's probably your expertise, right? Well, at least at the time, that was you knew who you wanted to be there to help create that conference that you wanted to go to. Um, yes. And I was like, let's invite everybody that I love to read online. That makes so much sense. Do you have any? Um, do you have any fun horror? I, I, I use the word horror stories. Do you have any anything that like at the time felt like a nightmare? Obviously, it probably ended up fine um, when it was like running that first front end comp. Oh, um, well, everything felt like a nightmare. Um, but honestly, the worst part of it all was I nearly fell to pieces when i had to do my first intro and get up there in front of everyone really it was really bad (laughs) like i mean like some people say you know everyone says like oh i was awful right it was really bad like i was if i'm if i was a fainter i would have fainted like it was that bad i was just like i was i lost my words i couldn't i couldn't remember what i was going to say and then uh so finally i was just like and fabio sasa was the first one and mm-hmm. so finally I was just like, and uh, Fabio, and I just <laughs> ran off the stage because <laughs> I was like, I couldn't do it anymore. How, how many people were at that first, uh, that first conference? Uh, 92 paid people. So about a hundred ish by the time you had everybody. Sure. No, that's, um, I mean, you and I had to do an, another take of the intro because I messed it up and I'm only talking to one person. So I could only imagine <laughs> what it's oh, like man. sitting there in a room full of, you know, 90 to a hundred people who are realistically for you know a brief 30 seconds to a minute just staring at you yes it was awful awful. (laughs) that's great man um so now you're at envy labs yep what um here's a fun question i think i always ask who is probably the goofiest person there tim uh dykin for sure Do do you have any goofy stories that that you're able to share Oh, he's just, he just yells all, all the time. And so he'll probably hear this at some point, but yeah, like he, he's just, he'll just randomly walk into the room and just yell or, or just randomly <laughs> yell throughout the day, like something. And then, uh, he actually made this site and we have it up, uh, we have, um, these TVs that we turn vertically. Uh huh. So we use them for stats and various things up on yeah. the thing, but they turn vertically. So, uh, he made a, a site of, uh, uh, was, his last name's Dykin, okay. but it's D-I-K-U-N. So he made a site just Dykin around, which <laughs> obviously, uh, and then he's basically just got himself like in this long like come hither pose uh, <laughs> on a white background, and yeah. so like we have that one day it just made it up on the screen where we have all the stats because you can like you know jump in and like change what's sure. viewable on there. So we just basically had Tim. Uh, in like the come hither pose along the along the thing. That's great. hilarious, and it's uh, just around dot com. Yeah, yeah, it should all be right. up. We'll add that to the show notes if it sounds up. good. Um, all right, so Tim's the the goofiest one. That's good to know. So yep. you've had, I mean, you know, you worked at the way you quoted it, and I think it's probably fair. Chop shop. Granted, it was what two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Yeah. Um, you went to Future of Web Design in New York. It was a day conference, and it blew your mind. You yeah. ran front-end comp, which you still are doing, um, and now you're at Envy Labs. Yep. Throughout that time, what was there ever a moment when you were like, I don't want to say questioning the faith in yourself, but like that hurdle, that, that time when you're like, oh, 
I just need to get past this. Whether th- that moment of this was a project, a day, a week, a month, maybe just a rough patch. Was there anything that was like super challenging or difficult for you? Yeah, there was. Because um, there are a couple of jobs in, in between there. Um, and they were startups. Okay. In and, Florida? Uh, yeah. Um, well, they were, I was here in Florida the whole time, but gotcha. they were based, uh, one of them was in Rochester and then one of them was here in Tampa. Oh, the, our, uh, our co-host Nick, who's not with us today, he's actually from Rochester. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, oh, that's yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. I was actually born up there. So yeah. Oh, cool. That, that yeah. Area. You guys will have a lot to talk about once he hears For the story sure. of them. For sure. Um, so yeah, they were, uh, startups and, um, one of them was with probably some of the greatest people I've ever worked with. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fit wasn't there for me. Sure. It was the first time where in the industry I was kind of like stepping away from doing the front end and, uh, and the related things to try and just kind of help a startup grow. Okay. And, uh, I, I really, really struggled with it because it was, it was a little bit more just email all day and then communication and you know like uh, I liked the community aspect of it but it was a lot more just email and and almost sales and I really really struggled with it and I got really burnt and frustrated so uh, it was it well, just I, wasn't a fit for my personality so yeah no I mean I I totally feel with you I I was in that world before right like prior to doing web development I was in advert marketing advertising as a strategist and you definitely make progress, but it's not it's not um, the same kind of progress that's quantifiable um, the same way that development is, right? Like if if your wife said, Dan, I, I'd like a new site, you can see progress through your code, not only the quality, but then physically what you're building, right? If, if you can right. do it in, in an hour, great. If you take a few more hours, it'll be even better. If you take a week, it'll be amazing. Um, and I, I know what it feels like to be in that role where you just sort of email people all day and you might write a couple blog posts. You talk about strategy. You figure out what communication is going to be for the next quarter, and you don't like. There's no results, and it's not so much that you're doing anything wrong, but it's the unfortunate part is it's 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 a little bit more abstract um, than some of the stuff that we do now. And it, some people love it. Um, I liked a, a lot of it. And I worked with a handful of larger like Fortune 500 clients, but it was at the end of the day for me it wasn't as stimulating, right? I right, was right. solving problems, but not the problems I wanted to solve. Um, so I totally understand where you're coming from. Um, um I hadn't hit me before, but like, um, one thing is, you know, our work is very personal whenever mm-hmm. you're doing creative, creative work. Um, and so if you're that type of person that kind of takes your work personally, um, I think the rejection part of like the sales process or, or at least oh, like trying to get your things, it's really hard. And like with, if you're rejected in something creative, you, you know, there's an answer. You know, like you mm-hmm. can you can rewrite some code or you can, uh, you know, redesign something in a different way. You're going to get you can you can say, like, give me another shot. You know, I can do yeah. this. And no, let, me, totally. let me make this happen um, when it's like, you know, for this it was ad space. Like if if it's like there's not a whole lot I can do other than say, like, no, really, the ad space will help you. <laughs> like, it's yeah, like right? there wasn't very much else I could do. And it was just the rejections like kind of like stung more than. Because I couldn't fix it, I couldn't do anything other than just play the numbers game, and that you yeah, know, right. wasn't wasn't thrilling. I, yeah, it sucks. I I remember I was um, I was working on uh, this is for a larger client, and this was recently, but they they had a Twitter ad spend. I say recently, this was in two thousand. This was yeah in two thousand twelve, um, in like January two thousand twelve. So about a year ago, I was um, we had a client, and they came to us, and they were like. 
we have X amount of dollars to spend for media on Twitter. We need to spend... We need to spend it... We need to figure out what our budget is per quarter. Help us do that. There's no objective behind it. It was just tell us how to spend our money. And what stinks is... In code, if I write, you know, we'll go back to the to the gallery, the jQuery like gallery slider again. You can write it four different ways, and they're all right. Right. One might be more right than the other because maybe it's less lines, right, or, or it's more concise or just more elegant. But they're all right. With this, I could have came back to the client and said, said, you know, spend. Let's say if their if their budget was one million dollars for that year, I want you to spend all one million of it in the first quarter and say forget the rest. I could be as right as I'd like to be based off of data I've gotten from Twitter, from any any other source that's reliable and, and, and real. And if they just don't like it, no, that's, that's not right. And it's like, ah, you know, like you can try as much as you want, but the problem is that it's, it's, it's subjective in a, in, a, in, a, in a way in which it cannot actually be um, supported, right? right? Like your strategy might be great. It might be the best strategy ever created, but – if that doesn't click with you know your users or, or the, you know potential customers, then you get no sales, so it doesn't work. And then the flip side is you look at you know speaking about the NFL, um, Peyton Manning always says Omaha, so now you get all these marketing right. companies jumping on this Omaha thing, and it's right right now because it's hot. But there's there's no stats, there's nothing scientific proven that says that it's going to be good. So it's like it's an interesting space. I'd argue and say development's a little bit more um, structured. In that sense, where there, you know, there is an answer. How you get to that answer is up to you. But there always is an answer, and there's always a second shot. Which yeah, is nice. and there's only like 99 of them. Whereas, like, yeah. you know, if you get outside of that, like, there's an infinite number of right answers. Yeah, and it, it's it's an interesting space, and I I think in this this is within my own experience, and this is separate from the right and wrong conversation. But I, for me at least, I I click more with people in the web development industry because I, I feel like we're all sort of on the same wavelength right like the level of intellect is is inherently going to be higher than in some other industry whatever it is just because it's it's demanded like we have to be able to think in a logical way sometimes sometimes in an abstract way sometimes in a crazy loopy way um and we're problem solvers and it, it i don't know it set the bar for a particular level of conversation which i thoroughly enjoy and you know some past jobs i wasn't able to have that um, which has definitely helped a lot. Um, um, so ahead. coming from out of the, uh, I'll throw, I'll turn the chair around for real quick if you don't mind. Okay. Uh, yeah, so yeah, coming yeah. from outside, um, outside of the web industry yourself, and then applying now uh, web industry practices to your work daily. Mm-hmm. Do you see, like I do, that there's a lot of potential to apply the way this community functions to communities way outside of our realm? So science, yes. medical. Uh, uh, basically, like a, you, probably any type of trade could all be benefiting from like the way that we are willing to share information and or um, document things. Definitely. Um, I remember I was working on a pitch, and uh, you know, a pitch is different than any other business situation, especially when you work at a large advertising agency. And we were speaking with uh, one of the social network sites because we needed to get some ad numbers, and it was all, you know, I, I don't know if you've ever worked on a pitch. Even in the web development or web design, most you're going to get up against other people, so you have to be somewhat hush hush. And for me, that was like, you know, I understood it because of what it stood for. Like, you have to be secretive because there's competition. The same way that 
Bill Belichick is not going to give Jack Del Rio his playbook and vice versa, right? right. Because it, otherwise it's not going to work. Um, and it just it, it just didn't sit with me. And I'm like, you know, you've got Paul Irish giving out code snippets on how he writes um, his code. He's helping out with HTML5 boiler, boilerplate. What he could do is keep it to himself and be the best damn web developer out there and none of us can touch him. But instead, he's like, no, you know what? I want everyone to be able to have high-quality stuff. In my opinion, I think if, if, if the idea of sharing um, or just creating more of like an open-sourced um, vertical within you know industry A or B or C, you're going to get better results. Imagine if um, Nike and Adidas talked about the results from their social media contests. I can guarantee you that they're going to get the next time around with all the additional insights. They're going to have more compelling content. They're going to have way better contests and whatever. Like, to me, it just makes sense. But, you know, it's interesting because I would argue and say a lot of the people in web development, while we're lucky enough that we have a skill that's in demand and, and we get, in some in, in cases, pretty good salaries, um, the rest of the world, it's sort of like it's a rat race to who can get the most money. And if my secret sauce gets me more money than you, why am I going to share the wealth, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it makes – I mean it sucks, but it makes sense. Yeah, it, it well, and that that's the bad thing is it's – that's sort of what always irked me too is that I could go have that same conversation with anyone else and they would say the same thing. And everybody's sort of just like it's the way it is so we can't change it when in reality we can though, you know? Yeah, um, that's kind of the kick I'm on. Um, I just see the potential for this stuff, and uh, plus I'm in my mid 30s, which I guess is your existential stage. So yeah, yeah I've been, that's you know, fair. Looking at all that stuff a lot more. Oh, yeah, lately. you're you're in. Uh, I forget. I feel like we talked about this in like high school or college, but there's that life stage where you're more interested in helping others become better people than you are in 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 sharpening your own crafts or skills. Although that that comes secondhand through the work that you're doing, and I yeah. I, I agree with you, man. I think it's. Um, I think it's pretty messed up that you have, I mean, look at like the net neutrality stuff. You have Verizon and all these companies who they just want more money and who knows what's going to happen from it, but it's going to be at the cost of, of our profession, right? We're going to be affected, but also everyone else in the country, let alone the world. Well, yeah. And the country is going to be affected because it's, it's going to mess up how they can consume data, whether through a mobile device, which already happens or through their desktop. Um, and it's because Verizon doesn't want AT&T to have a larger market share, yet they do the same thing. Right. Um, what's interesting, though, and one thing that I do like about New York in comparison to living in Florida, in New York, because the city is so dense and it's so populated, you don't when you live in an area, you don't get to choose between Verizon or Time Warner, whatever, for your cable. You have to pick what's, what's there. Um, it's sort of like a... a a territorial monopoly, if you will. And it's right. really because if they had 17 different companies, um, cable lines crossing, it would be, you know, crapshoot. It'd be a uh, mess, yeah. Yeah, but it works because it's like we can't have that. You, there needs to just be one. The unfortunate side of that is Time Warner takes up most of the city. And um, if it takes them two weeks to come out to you, they don't care because you got nobody else to go right. to. There's no competition. But imagine if there was like one or two major cable companies but they shared knowledge right and the people who work there shared knowledge they'd probably be a lot better maybe not price wise but infrastructure um, performance you know what we get for our buck is probably going to be a lot better a lot better 
Yeah, I believe so. Hopefully, you know, uh, your daughter and the one day when I have kids, they'll all agree with us and maybe change something one day. I'm trying to raise her as a little hippie too, so we'll see. <laughs> so is she barefoot everywhere? No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just uh... <laughs> um. Well, no, it, I mean, so, all right, here's a question since we're talking about, you know, child, well, sort of relative children. Um, looking back at all the stuff that you've done, when you took that job at the chop shop, if you could tell yourself something, if, if your current self could tell the chop shop, Dan, something, what would you tell him? I hope that Ooh. wasn't confusing. No, 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 it makes perfect sense. Like, uh, you know, what, what kind of type of advice could I have given myself back then that would get me here today? Yeah. Um, and it's, I'm, God, I think I'm just going to have to kind of go cliche on this because um, it's just kind of the way that I function. But it's uh, just work hard and be kind. Because, like, if I look back at, at my progress through here, that's exactly how I got where I am right now. So all the things that I did was because I was willing to put in time outside of work working on things and then, uh, you know, being nice to people and trying to do good things for the community. Both of those led me to exactly where I'm at now. No, it's fair. I'd argue and say your kindness is what uh, probably allowed us to meet in Tampa. I forget what it was. Where uh, we met. Bar camp. Bar camp. I think yeah. that, yeah. Um, it was definitely bar camp. And we were at New World Brewery, I think. And we were sitting there with – it was me, you, Stephen Waters, and I actually still talked to him and his girlfriend at the time, who they're not together anymore. Um, and you and I – and this is hilarious that this is how I remember you, but we were talking about what we what music we listen to when we code. And you were like the Dr. Dre Chronic 2001 <laughs> instrumental tra- – and I it blew my mind. I was like – I've never thought about how awesome that could be, and it was amazing. And I actually, oh, it's such a fat, awesome album, dude. It's so good, even with no words. It's so good. Yeah, um, yeah. No, that's important for me when I'm uh, when I'm coding, like especially like JavaScript. Yeah, no words, no words. Oh, so like uh, instrumentals. Yeah, I am a big um, Tycho fan. Ratatat, that that um, instrumental album by Dre, and I, I, it, it's interesting because I feel like now that I'm in web development. Um, Work doesn't happen between nine and six or nine and five or whatever. Work happens until I go to sleep because it's right. I, I enjoy it, so it doesn't feel like work anymore. But because the music that I need to listen to has to be instrumental, so I can still sort of think and not get caught up in the lyrics. It's almost all I listen to now. Um, it's like weird for me to listen to music with words. Yeah, uh, you want another good one? Yes. The uh, the Spy Game soundtrack. It's a little old. Um but it's just a really really cool soundtrack and it's a it's a good one for uh just trying to think and then work through code problems nice i um so i love Hans zimmer right and he yes. does amazing scores so in the office the other day i played dr Dre and i was like let's switch it up and i did Hans zimmer <laughs> i did his uh score for the dark knight rises yeah don't ever code to that because you will feel like you're always being rushed and you'll you'll also feel like someone's trying to kill you the entire time. Interesting. Well, because it's like, you know, it's, it's the whole thing is what like him and Bane, like, you know, basically making chess moves to, to sort of conquer one another. So the whole thing is like, dun, 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 dun. And it, and, and you're just like frantic and you're like, ah, I have to get this done before the world explodes. Ah, it's, it's, that's awesome. I do do a lot of Hans Zimmer for sure. Yeah. Oh, he is so good. I love his stuff. All right. Um, so I think we have two more questions that are sort of, you know, within our 
overall outline, if you will. Um, this next one coming up sort of wraps into that. Uh, what would you tell your younger self if, um, you know, let's say you did a talk tomorrow at, um, I don't know, what is it, Full Sail or the Art Institute of Orlando or even at USF in Tampa, and it was with the design or development class. What is, you know, one piece of advice you'd give any of those those up-and-coming designers and developers um, that are still in school now? Okay. Uh, don't work alone for a long time. Uh, join a team. Uh, you never want to be the person that does the thing that you're doing mm-hmm. when you're new to the industry or when you're even new to the role. Um, you know, like, so like when you're first getting into design or if you're first getting into front end, you don't want to be the only front end developer. You always want to have someone more senior above you because your learning goes so much faster that way. No, that makes you'll stumble sense. through things and you'll learn things the hard way if you're, <laughs> if you're, you know, the only one and you can do it. But you'll your early stage getting into the the work will just be so much better if you have someone above you that can sure. teach you. Now uh, I'm going to play contrarian for a moment, and let's say that for some instance, one of these kids gets a job where they are the only person. How would you try to? Um, what would you tell them to sort of counter that that lone wolf thing? Maybe sharing your code um, with others remotely, anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what I did. Um, so you just have to work your way through something as far as you can mm-hmm. and then ask for help. The The thing that like the even the most helpful people out there always struggle if you haven't done anything yet on your own to try and figure something out. But if yeah. you take something that you've been, I've, I've gotten this far, and here it is on CodePen or, you know, and here's my code and then you go to Stack Overflow. I mean, yeah. st- you know, Stack Overflow is amazing. Um, so, but, but even individuals, you just try and find someone that you can regularly talk to. For me, it was Doug Niner. Mm-hmm. Um, he just, he taught me so much, but like his only kind of requirement is you have to have tried it and you have sure. to show me where you got stuck. And then, you know, then I'll, you know, take your... 50 lines and turn it into three and it'll work <laughs> and, you, and you feel like an idiot for a second but it's okay oh, you yeah. Learn. yeah yeah oh i've had you know stack overflow we all know this it's it's a godsend you yes. know i've put stuff up there and i actually am the only developer at my job and, and i know exactly what you're talking about because there are those moments where like you're stuck or you're writing something new that you've never written before like i was playing with some google Maps stuff and I've done uh, like some basic level things with it, um, but I'm really getting deeper into it, and I'm, I'm definitely fumbling my way around. Um, so it would be super helpful if someone was there to be that that it, that has experience in it, um, whether it be actual implementation and execution, or even just the, the thinking and logic and the strategy behind building, you know, more advanced map feature function. Um, but you know, anytime I have issues. I go to friends, someone like you, my friend Jeff Escalante, who's at an agency up here in the city, or just the good old Stack Overflow, and like you know, yeah. work on it till lunch. If I get stuck, throw it on Stack Overflow, go get lunch, clear my head, come back. I'm usually one in a better mindset because I'm not like daunt, you know, worrying about this daunting problem that I'm having, and I probably have some some small direction to go into when I get back and I check Stack Overflow. I don't right. know how people just sit on there and they're like, let me just let me just troll the JavaScript you know section. Oh, I know this. I know that. I know that. They're amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. The people that ho- that contribute on there are just they it's, they're they're keeping the industry going because I mean it's it's huge. That I would argue and say is probably one of my biggest assets. Um, that I definitely love Code School. 
um, and my JavaScript book. Code school because I can get into stuff. The JavaScript book because and, and I'm this is not a real example, but let's say I forgot how to how to initiate an object. Go to the object section, find it real quick. It's like a super fast reference. Right. Um, and then if I'm really like stuck on something, if I don't understand how something works, I can you can go to Stack Overflow and be like, here's here's what I'm trying to do. Here's what I've got so far. Here's the issue I'm running into. How can I get there? Right. And and I, I've actually done this a few times where I've been I've tested. I've explicitly said, does anybody know how to do this? And people will give you code samples. And then you say, can someone? I don't I don't need the code sample. I want to know the thinking and how you would get to the solution. Right, right. They won't give you code samples. They'll be like, here's how I would think about it. You know, you have X, um, and you know X exists prior to to querying it. Blah 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 blah. And they walk you through it, and it's it's incredible. I mean, we talked about this earlier, but if if other industries shared knowledge to the extent that people in the web development industry do, I would argue and say advertising would be a lot more effective. In it wouldn't stink most of the time. We wouldn't wait around for the Super Bowl to have great advertising. They'd happen all the time. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. I think so many things would actually improve too. Yeah. Uh, one day we can hope and dream, right? So an interesting thing about Stack Overflow, just real quick, um, the one thing that I think is really important, and just for anyone listening to like make sure that they follow your lead and dive into really understanding terminology at least behind mm-hmm. things, because the hardest part about asking a question when you're stuck on something is knowing exactly what you're trying to do or sure. trying to you know like the the right verbiage to even say like how do i achieve this and that is comes from understanding documentation and, and learning the terminology behind things because oh yeah it just makes your your way of making it through the problem so much better dude syntax is key and that's honestly for me i feel like at least the way that i work um even if it takes me a day or two to go over just base syntax so i can understand the vocabulary and know that when they're talking about like um, I don't know a callback function, I know what that actually is, rather than be like oh, uh, you know, and breeze over it, and just be like oh, I'll figure it out later. Um, right. It makes learning a lot fa- easier, and it typically goes a lot faster because you know what they're talking about, even if it's even if it's you know something that you're like oh, okay, I sort of know this. I know where I can go to get the rest of this information. Right. That's what's so important. Oh, dude, I, when I first started, there were so many times that I got stuck and really discouraged because. You know, I for there there's a there's a term for it. And I forget the term. Um, it's it's definitely not cognitive dissonance because that's that's when you question uh, a perch. Uh, it's what is it? Cognitive dissonance is like a post purchase behavior when you question your purchase and you're like, I don't know if that was right. So this isn't that, um, but it's basically the, the layman's term is not knowing what you don't know, right? But you know that, so you're in a position where you're like, okay. I know HTML, I know CSS, I know a little bit of JavaScript. I know this can be done with JavaScript, but I have no clue how and I don't know how to figure it out. That's probably, in my opinion, one of the most crippling, for me at least, that was, I, I remember I almost had a panic attack once. I was at an internship, and this wasn't too long ago, and I was doing something in JavaScript and it was within the realm that I was used to, and I knew I didn't know how to do it and the client needed it that day, and it was probably four o'clock. And I like almost had an anxiety attack because I'd yeah. never, I had never been faced in, in, uh, with that kind of challenge before. Granted, there was four other developers there that I was just like, hey, I'm having a hard time. You know, I know we're on a tight deadline, so if it means me handing this off to you and we talk about tomorrow, maybe you can come sit with me. We can work on this. I, I'm not really sure where to go, um, and I really want to figure this out. Um, and I did that. You know, I, I 
grew a pair and asked somebody, which, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, well, it's uncommon for you, somebody to do in another industry, right? Cause it's almost, this seems like a sign of weakness, but it worked out. And I, I think that's definitely something that I, any of my friends that I know that are trying to figure it out, it's always read, like stop skimming, start reading. Right. And then if you don't have questions, just Google it. Or if you have questions, Google it. You'll, you'll get to the syntax eventually. There's only so yeah. many things that you can Google. Um, sorry about that tangent. No, um, let's go. All right, so we got one more question. Um, and after that, if you want to flip the chair again, that's cool too. Um, <laughs> so this question, I, I do this on each show. Um, and for anybody listening who hasn't heard this before, it is called the secret fun time question. So this is a random question, relevant or irrelevant to, one, the industry or anything we've talked about thus far. Um, so for Dan, I want to know if you could live as a vegetable – what vegetable would you live as? Any vegetable. Edible or non-edible? I guess they're all oh. edible. Yeah. Um, and why? You have to tell us why you would live as that vegetable. All right. I'm going to go with eggplant. <laughs> okay. And uh, just because I think that has the least chance of getting eaten of like most <laughs> of the vegetables. So it has the highest <laughs> survival rate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> see if you ask a ch- if you i bet you if you ask your daughter that question she'll say brussels sprouts probably right i hated oh, brussels yeah. sprouts as a kid yeah, that's that was I, a good one i love them now though dude i can't get enough of them oh yeah oh, eggplant that's good man that was a really really <laughs> good one um do you uh do you have any questions for me um well i mean i would i would think like uh the one cool one would just be because you are kind of diving into something new to get back to the industry right now sure um like how important do you think that is for people that might be listening just kind of checking out getting getting their feet into the industry like how important is it for you to find a way to give back even if it's not code or or psd resources you know it's actually that's that's a really good question i read an article recently about um i think the term was dark developers and what that term or what that article was talking about was um, dark developers are people who work in the industry but don't contribute back. Um, and then somebody wrote a rebuttal and he was like, you know, I work with a bunch of what everybody else is calling dark developers. And he's like, you know, they are super smart people. And some of the reasons why they don't contribute back is because they don't have the time, right? Maybe they're really busy at work. Maybe they have a, uh, another business that they're running. They might have a really big family or uh, there's tons of other things. Yeah. Um I would consider right now. I'd consider myself a dark developer, right? Because I'm not I'm not actively contributing to any open source projects. But I think the least someone can do to contribute back to the industry is to answer questions um, and and to provide as much support and help as you as you can within your capabilities. So a good example for me, um, I do freelance work every now and then. I personally probably don't feel like I'm at the caliber where I could. Uh, confidently, you know, go try to fix a bootstrap issue that that is posted on on their GitHub repo. Maybe I can, I don't know. But what I can do is, anytime my friend needs help on a website, I can offer up all my time that it takes to do it. If my girlfriend says she wants a new website, she wants she doesn't have one at all. Um, let's let's work through some designs, um, see what you like, see what you want to put up, and then let's build it. Let's build it together. I want to teach you. That way, you know, if, if at the least I'm teaching you how to navigate throughout the WordPress admin, like the WordPress admin section, that's fine. But in my opinion, I think if, you know, if you're just starting out and 
you know, you feel really humbled by everybody else in the industry because you know they're all smarter than you. The least you can do is try, try your damnedest to um, give back what you can, even if it's as little as explaining the difference between a block and an inline and an inline block element. Anything, right? Because right? to me, it's just like spreading the love and spreading the awareness. I love love what i do and there's actually i have a a print designer his name is joe he's a fantastic man he's such an awesome guy um and he's sort of like the dad within the creative group because he is the oldest but he's such a cool guy and he doesn't know much about web development and i was showing him a problem that i had in javascript and you know i knew from the get-go that he wasn't probably going to be able to help me solve it because he doesn't know anything about javascript but being able to talk to him and teach him a little bit helped me realize that like hey i know this stuff right right and i can do this other people and worst case scenario maybe that'll give joe some more confidence to go tinker around when he's at home um so i think you know at the very least just spread the love um you'll get to that point where you no longer have to spread it for free and when you do spread it it's on things that are directly relevant to your colleagues so like an open source project um, or doing it for a really awesome freelance client or something, or you know, just a regular client in general. But I think that's that's what I would say, and that's what I sort of push for now. Awesome. Yeah, man. Um, so I think our time's up. Thank you for joining me, um, everybody. I appreciate all the listeners um, and Dan Denny for joining us. If you have any questions, reach out to me um, at Patrick B Johnson on Twitter, and Dan, your handle is. Uh, at Dan Denny uh, okay. E-Y. there you go uh, that's Dan Denny D-E-N-N-E-Y um, hit us up I'll definitely be able to answer, answer questions um, I'm not sure who's going to be on the show next I have to look at my calendar which is not in front of me but you guys will be hearing from me soon thanks so much thanks again Dan thank you awesome that was a good time <laughs> <laughs>